Hi, welcome to Stammer Stories. My name is William Navin and I'm your host and founder of this podcast. In this podcast, we talk about stammering from all perspectives. I'll be talking to people who stammer, people who work in the stammering field, and people who have a general interest in this topic. So this new series is a very exciting series. We've so far had Helen Rutter, who's the author of The Boy That Made Everyone Love. Also, she says, come on, to talk about her latest book, which you must go and read. And in, in this new season, we've got some really exciting guests coming up. We're talking to everyday people. We're talking to, to influencers. We're talking to, you name it, we're talking to them. To show that having a stammer shouldn't hold you back because it shouldn't. And we want to show that there are people out there doing everyday things that you may be afraid of doing because of your stammer, but you're not letting it stop you. So today's guest is a very exciting guest. So Liv reached out to me on, on social media. She found me on her on Instagram. She came across Dama Stories as a Dama resource. And she's going to talk to us about her stammer journey, but also just learning more about her stammer and we'll just go from there. So Liv, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Will. Thank you. So can you just introduce yourself and tell our viewers what you do for a living? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my name's Liv Durning. Um, I am a registered nurse, um, but at the moment I am currently a university lecturer um, and I specifically teach clinical skills to nursing students. So all of their practical skills is what I do. Wow. And what I love, and I say this quite a lot, but I love talking to people like yourself who have a stammer, but still in a very speaking role and like you still don't like nursing and like especially a university lecture you talk all the time and it's like you talk to so many people every day but still your stammer doesn't hold you back so mm -hmm. let's talk about your stammer and and also Liv's just started a page about Liv's stammer so I'll make sure to include that in the bio of this episode to go and check out so when did you first realise that you had one, but also how was it at a young age? So if you, so I, I think I first noticed I had a stammer when I was around six, six and a half. Um, but if you asked my parents, they probably noticed it around four years old for me. Um, what was interesting was that my older brother had a speech delay when he was younger. Um, so his, his mind would think faster than his mouth. So words would kind of just come out all jumbled for a while. Um, so when they started seeing behaviors like that in me, they thought, well, we'll see how this goes. She might grow out of it. Let's see how we go. Um, he grew out of it and is absolutely fine now. And I did not. Um, and it became an issue sort of in, it, I, I remember it becoming an issue more so in school with reading. Um, so I, I, had a, I had a great reading age uh, my reading age was always higher than my actual one. Um, but when it came to reading to, say, a classroom assistant or something, um, really simple words I was struggling on. And um, so I think that it was kind of flagged up then that something wasn't adding up um, because my reading age wasn't equaling my ability to read um, aloud. So um, that kind of started off the assessment process um, and uh, I had a diagnosis from, I think, the age of six. Um, and then that started my speech therapy journey and we went from there. 
Well, so you were sort of the same, because I had my, well, I stammered since I've been able to speak. So I had speech therapy for the first 10 years of my life, basically just going every week because of how delayed mm. it was. But also, I I think I'm the only person in my family has a stammer. So it's really interesting how, how your older brother had a, had a speech delay. And I think... Mm. I, I was speaking, I had someone on a few months ago who's a twin, and he was saying how both him and his twin had a stammer because of that twin language, that twin telepathy. And, yeah. and but one stammer, they both had a stammer growing up, but one's now basically a covert stammer, and one is quite visible still, and like how yeah. they both had it, and then one's got better, one's got better, and it's just... I had no idea that twins had their own language yeah. together, but also how it's quite common in twins to stammer. That's really interesting. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah. Gosh. And, but I think it just shows that people expect stammering to grow out of like a kid, because they say quite a high percentage mm-hmm. of children have a stammer, I and mean, then it sort of phases out when they get older. But actually, I think people forget that some people don't, stop stammering and like mm-hmm. or you'll you it never just goes like you always stammer no you stammer that just you always stammer just by if you phased out of it you you may still stammer and I think it's really interesting how people say oh I had one but now it's gone it's not gone it's mm-hmm. just still it's still about you just your brain is better functioning it was your stammer quite quite severe growing up in like school and everything so it really depended on on the day and it still does uh today i think i'm on a fairly good day for me which is nice um but sort of for the part for i i'd go through sort of cycles of being really really severe at, at times or at least i felt it was severe but if you asked my parents they or friends they'd say well, we didn't really notice a difference but for me i felt it was far more severe than maybe they heard it um and i think it's important to recognize that severity doesn't always refer to how it sounds but also how much effort you're having to put in mentally to come off as fluent as we do um you know so when I speak about severity it's not always um that you you know I'm I'm stuttering on every other word it's increased mental um effort uh, uh, to to try and conjure up those words so yeah I wasn't overly severe I could get through sentences quite well um, but you know um, anxiety and nervousness and awareness of the stammer I think would would exacerbate it um, quite a bit too yeah but you made a really in a really interesting point which I've not really thought about much until lately is how if you ask someone else about our stammer, they they will give a completely different perspective to how we see it. And I I, I was talking to someone the other week who I've never met before, and he was like, "Tell me about stammering," and I said, "You may not realise it, but I've stammered lots in the sentence. But because I'm I I but when I still do my coping mechanisms, I still say that I've stammered on that word because I'm having to use my techniques. But you may mm-hmm. think that I've been fluent this whole conversation." Yeah. But actually, there have been times where I've had to think about, but also we pre-think all our sentences. So I've pre-prepared like 
sentences in my head without even realizing it that may come yeah. out so for oh, oh my hairdresser of five years she had no idea well longer than five years it took her until five years ago to realize that i had a stammer she's been doing my hair all my life and she had yeah. no idea until i had just casually dropped it in she was like no you don't I was like yeah I do I was like yeah it's definitely yeah. there and it's just that really interesting perspective how I think we see it more in our head and I think we expect it more but also we, we are way more conscious about it than other people oh yeah yeah um yeah so, I, 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 absolutely and lately how would you say your stammer is now um, lately, as I say, I can have good days and I can have really, really bad days. Um, and I think recently, over the past couple of weeks, it's been quite bad. Um, and I've kind of had to go back through old techniques and really rehearse them because I think we get into a headspace of we, we do a lot of techniques, but subconsciously, um, because they're so, um, they're, they're, they're so, you know, in us from from years of speech therapy and practice and stuff that we don't necessarily think about them too much and I think um on sort of some of my worst days I really have to engage with the techniques um and whether that means they come off as more obvious to the person I'm talking to then that's just how it has to be um but whatever can get me sort of an element of fluency um is is nice especially with with teaching you know if um, my students can't understand what I'm saying that's going to impact their learning um, because they're not able to get the information properly so I make it I'm very open about my stammer um, at work I tell all the students if it's a group I'm meeting for the first time um, that I do have a stammer and they might hear me make some different noises or um, get a word block but if they need me to repeat anything, this is a safe space, they're allowed to do that and there's no insult taken. And I think for me, that takes the pressure off immediately. The fact that they yeah. just know it and then I'm not feeling like I have to hide it with strategies all the time, um, like I'm keeping some kind of secret. Um, so my, my, my stammer largely, just to, to answer your, your original question, um, is it's largely okay, um, but I do have sort of, really bad days on occasion yeah. that's so interesting like i think you're the one of the only people who have who is the same as me who have said the moments that you address it mm. that instant relief like other people have said it but you probably described how i feel like once you address it and like you say it's a safe space you just feel a massive relief yeah i just thinking yeah that is okay that is I was like yeah and then do you feel like you stammer less with those group of people once you've addressed it with them I think so um because I think I'm just I don't feel um like I'm having to hide anything then they they know it's going to happen I know it's going to happen and we'll cross that bridge when it comes to it yeah. if it comes to it um, and my colleagues are the same because I, I typically teach with another person or three people in some cases because um, it's large groups. And so they know if I'm having a bad day, they might take over some of the speaking bits and I'll chip in when I feel I'm, I'm ready. Um, and then I can start to engage a bit more 
when I get a bit more confident. Um, Cause normally, especially if it's like nine o'clock in the morning, I'm still kind of waking up a little bit and my stamina's a bit rough. Um, so I have to kind of wait to wake up, get a coffee down on me and then I can kind of go. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think it does take a lot of the pressure off. Um, and I think it's, it's good for the students to, to see it and have that kind of representation because you know, I'm teaching students to be nurses and they're going to have to communicate with patients with, with all kinds of, of ways of speaking, communication and uh, speech disorders and, and the like. So it's nice they kind of get that experience with with me um, when they first start. So Amazing. And now I'm sadly bringing you back to the other side of stammering. Mm. Could you tell me when you struggled with your stomach and how you overcame that situation? Yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a few to pick from. Um, maybe maybe one of the most recent was um, my interview for this for this job um, oh, really? that I'm that I'm in now. Um, so uh, I just recently got a, sec- a second role, which I'll talk about shortly. But um, the 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 interview process for um, this role with the University of Nottingham, um, I had to give a five minute presentation which I don't know about you, is my worst nightmare. <laughs> um, even though it was five minutes, I was I was really stressed about it. Um, and it was going to be in person and it was going to be on a panel of uh, three, three people. Um, and I basically had to give a presentation about um, the future of the NHS and teaching and this sort of thing. Um, and my stammer was on the worst day when I got there. It was... I've never had it that bad in a long, long time. And uh, I I really thought to myself halfway through, I thought, I they're not going to take me for this. They're not going to take me for a teaching position like this, where my stammer is, is this bad. Um, and then midway through, um, I finally told them I had a stammer, um, <laughs> if they hadn't already worked it out, because um, <laughs> it was so obvious. Um, and then... I they they said because I I apologized for it which is a bad habit that I have is apologizing for my stammer all the time I think it's quite an English thing to do as well um (laughs) so I said sorry I've got a stammer um let me get back to what I, I I was saying um and then it started to flow a bit more and they offered me a drink of water midway through they stopped the timer um, and I just got a chance to relax. And then I got through the rest of my, my points. Um, and what was nice was they, they asked me how I combat my stammer and how, how that kind of works with the teaching I was already doing previously. Um, and so they took a real interest, which was nice, um, rather than just kind of being dismissive of it. Um, so I think I, I overcame it just by them being so, um, welcoming about it. Um, and then to my surprise, got the job, (laughs) but I I genuinely thought there's plenty of people that will have gone for this job that can speak with full fluency. Um, (laughs) um, but they went with me, which was really, really great. So. Wow. And I, well, presentations are a nightmare and mm-hmm. especially a nightmare when you've got a stammer as well because and the worst is when we give you a time limit to do it and like when I was doing my TEDx application one of the stages was to do a three minute video oh. and they and then we said try and fit your story in three minutes 
and I I think it took me around 20 attempts wow. and I sent them a video and they said this is a bit of a weird one I've gone slightly over the time limit because I'm on my stand there but my story is about my stand so hopefully that makes sense for like let me know if you have any questions and then and then they were like yeah and then I got through the audition stage the live audition stage which was in person and they basically want me wanted me to do my whole speech and luckily so I always make a joke about my stammer if I just be saying just let it know I do have a stammer so hopefully we will be done by the end of the day and I can't remember which one I did that day and I could see that they all relaxed even though I was talking about my stammer I still had to address it for me to be more comfortable and during the presentation the more I got into the zone the, the less I stammered and it was really interesting seeing that contrast mm. and then after they like did you find that really hard to write because of your you writing your speech and then I was like the bit that I found really difficult was I, I would be writing my presentation or like speech and I and I'd be typing words and I'd think oh I'm going to stand on that word, so I need to take it out. Yeah. But actually, my brain was like, no, you don't. You keep it in because you yeah. need to stammer in. And it was that because that was the weirdest thing that I had writing the speech was writing it in words and then going to change it. But I was like, no, 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 I need those words in. Do you have certain letters that you have that you find really hard with your stammer? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's going to be difficult to say them off the bat. <laughs> So you, you sneaked me there. Um, but typically, um, so my, my, my surname starts with a D, um, which is really difficult for me. Um, I typically can't say my surname unless it's, unless I start with my first name first. Um, so like if I'm, if I have to, you know, check into a hotel or something and they ask for the surname, I give them my whole name because otherwise I know I'm going to be there for quite a few minutes. Um, so these are difficult um bees are really difficult for me as well um and that they're they're my main two but my stammer will throw me curveballs all the time um and I'll think oh that's a safe word and that's a safe word and then for some reason one day it's no longer a safe word and a big problem um so th those two are my are my main two um T's can be an issue sometimes, um, and K's sometimes as well. But yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of my main few. Mine are yeah. H's, A's, mm. and I's. I found I can be, and with A's, like I had a really annoying situation where in like where we were comparing like back to back these two mm -hmm. documents and like lots of the lines had this one word that I know that I stand wrong and like it was it mm -hmm. and I had but I had to read out every line to match make it and then was actually like to my man manager I was like that's enough I this next thing could take a while because I was like yeah and then because like we're trying to get away with the same last bit but how do you say the full mm -hmm. thing and literally was just like yeah. Oh, can I take a break now? I mean, because literally, yeah. it's just the ones that come out. But sometimes, because I've known her, could address it. But when I was doing it with another person, I, mm. I I just had to just go for it and act like nothing was happening. And it was just 
and more and more are just coming up. It's like, no, please. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I'm not sure. Sorry, I'm not sure I keep on yawning. This is really bad. I'm so sorry. It's okay. No, it's it's really interesting how um, you know it, it's different for for everybody because um, I I feel my stammer mostly in like my teeth and my jaw, so I have so much tension here. Whereas it seems that other stammerers kind of feel it more in their throat um, yeah. or the back of their throat more so. Um, but mine's very much forward. So I the my, my the one thing I used to have a massive problem with and probably still would do if I was in that role um was I you know I used to be a practice nurse at a GP practice I was there for two years and we didn't have like a call system where I could just put it up on the screen and it was patients names I had to go into a waiting room and call their names in and usually you want to use first name and second name so you're getting the right patient through and some patients would just have such difficult names that to anyone else would have been fine so there were times where I felt so embarrassed um, because I was having to shout it to a whole waiting area that sometimes I would get a receptionist to say it for me or I would grab a healthcare assistant on her way round to, to do something else and I'd say, oh, can you just shout this patient for me? And um, then I would explain to the patient afterwards, sorry, I do have a stammer and that's why she was shouting the name for you. And I used to really hate when I had to do that because um, I thought it, it kind of got me off on the wrong foot with the patient. But that there was no one that had an issue with it at all they were just happy that they were getting the care they they wanted but yeah that was one of the hardest things for me was was having to shout out names all the time and it's really really exhausting so I do feel you on that one yeah it's just like oh my god come on no yeah and literally yeah not another one it was like good to see good to see it comes up oh no here we go again Mm. Yeah. But I, I, so I'd now, would now love to talk to you about your job because you do amazing stuff. And could you just tell me more about what you do, like from being the nurse aspect, but also the being being a lecturer, but also how your stamina affects everyday life in like in both aspects and like in both paths. So I would love to know how your stamina affects, but also yeah. So just tell me more about what you do and how your summer affects it yeah absolutely um so yeah I kind I kind of went into the most sort of speaking oriented jobs I think anybody and anyone could have picked um <laughs> which wasn't sort of intentional um really but um I I kind of fell into nursing because my parents were both nurses and still are um and uh I did my 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 training through there and I knew my stammer was going to be an issue and I knew that not every patient was going to be patient with my stutter. Um, and, you know, I'd had a couple of experiences that weren't, that weren't so nice and uh, people aren't, you know, always patient with you or understanding. Um, but I think, again, I think it was just being open and honest um, about this is a thing I have. I'll control it the best that I can, but it might come up and, We'll, we'll work past this. And I think when I, you know, I, I was constantly told by my parents that it my, my stammer should not affect how I care for patients. It, it just wouldn't. Um, but I did have teachers who very much said, maybe you should think about, you know, not going into speaking oriented roles, you know, public facing roles. I did have a couple of teachers like that. 
which looking back was horrendous and never should have happened. I'll probably speak a bit on that later. Yeah, I'll probably speak a bit on that later. Um, and uh, but you know, I had I had really supportive parents in that in that, in that regard who knew what it took to go into nursing. Um, and I think being I, I worked in different areas through my student days and um, landed on practice nursing because it felt like well, one, I'd get sort of the same patients a lot of the time. So they got to know me quite well. Um, it was appointment based. So I could plan ahead of who I was going to be seeing that day. So for me, that kind of helped plan it out. Um, so it got rid of sort of the spontaneity that is sort of emergency nursing or anything like that. Um, and I could, I could kind of plan, plan my day. And actually through practice nursing, I met quite a few patients that had a stammer just like me, um, which was really surprising because up until then I'd never come across anybody else with a stammer. Um, and so I got to kind of support them. They, they, they were, you know, some of them were 16, some of them were 86 um, and had a stammer their whole lives, uh, which was nice. And um, yeah, so I just kind of learned to sort of make it part of me. Um, and then when teaching kind of came around, I knew that I, I knew that standing in front of a lecture theatre of 80 or so students and talking for two hours was not what I wanted to do. <laughs> that would still, and st still to this day, be my worst nightmare. Um, I know that that would be really difficult on my stammer, really exhausting. Um, and just personally, not my not my thing. Um, so in the job that I do now, um, I it's all practical stuff. So the students will come in uh, in sort of groups between fourteen and twenty four students, um, and I will teach them all of their clinical skills. So I'll teach them how to take a blood pressure, how to give an injection, uh, how to assess a patient, how to communicate with a patient, all these sorts of things that that they need to do before they go into clinical practice um which is super fun because I feel like I can show someone how to do something more so than I can tell them how to do it so I can kind of let my actions speak for themselves um but also they get to see how I have to adapt my communication um a lot of the time um so that's kind of my role and I've just started a second role within the University of Nottingham same department um because two days wasn't enough for me clearly I want to work full time um and so now I uh support um midwives actually um midwifery students uh out in placement on maternity services so wow. if they have additional uh, yeah so if they have additional support or additional needs I can help them with that and I can obviously understand that as well um and so I can I can help them from there so it's it's now a sort of going out into practice role as, as well which is super fun oh that's amazing um I am in awe of you because you're in two very different settings that's so quite fast paced and I think you're also in, in a setting where there's a lot of pressure and it's fast paced at the same time and I think mm -hmm. it's just and my first public speaking opportunity was at City of London University to speak to language therapist students and it was in a lecture hall of 120 students and it was the first time I've ever shared my stammer wow and it was when I was really terrified beforehand not terrified but I was really nervous and then 
the moment I went in, my line manager was going to come with me. She was like, how would you feel if I came with you to watch you in action? I was like, I'm desperate to see you in action. I was like, sort of, yeah, come. And then, but she couldn't because of work, but she was like, and then, but I got someone to film me for it and I watched it back then I was like, that's not me. I was like, that is definitely not me. <laughs> and it was really interesting. Like, because you're on that podium as well, like, it's like, you can't yeah. really walk around the room. Like, when I was doing my TEDx, I was subtly pacing the stage area. Like, mm. you're just pace, you're at that podium and it's not like the stage lighting. Like, with my TEDx, you could only see the front row. So you didn't know that. 250 people in that room but with that electrical it's just normal bright lights and like you could see everyone there and I will never forget a feeling after doing it and like still it just makes me go like it just sends shivers down my spine of like the massive adrenaline and my speech and language therapist because it was through my she and she was like oh my god she was like where did your stammer go? I was like, what do you mean I stammer the whole time? She, she's like, no, 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 no. I was like, you barely yeah. stammered at all. She was like, you were stammering the whole walk here. Like, then it just went. I mean, and then she's like, yeah. this is fascinating for me to seeing how I, because I was talking to her beforehand about it and she's like, this is amazing for me to watch because it's like, I'm seeing you in action, but also, and but also when I was doing a MA interview on GB News, Eamon Holmes was the he was sitting next to me and when the Isabel Webster next to him. And then they went cut to the Avery. He went to me and was like, that was absolutely fascinating watching your brain process your stammer. Because he because he's like used to like he sees he he's like, I could tell the words that you're doing in speaking back. And I can't even tell sometimes. And he was like, I I can see the clocks turning in your head, like processing your answer, but not like an, anyone else would, because you're processing your answer for your stammer. Yeah. And to sort of lead on to that, like, it takes, well, I think to be a teacher with a stammer, you're talking to lots of students, but also when you go into like, placement when you're like talking not just to your student you're talking to different people but also being a practice nurse what advice would you have for someone with a stammer to want to go into like the nursing field or like to go into like teaching field what advice would you give them but they're also afraid to with their stammer so I think the first thing is um never let the stammer dictate your life path that it should not and unfortunately it it does for some people um but I think you just you never know until you try it um and my my main thing I think especially with teaching I think if you're teaching something that you love and that you're passionate about um your stammer will be so much better I think sometimes in in my job I have to teach on things that I'm not 100% on or I've not done in a while um and my stammer is definitely worse because I'm I'm not as sort of self-assured in what I'm saying and I'm having to work a lot harder um but if if you love it and you're passionate about it go for it there's there's no reason um 
why not? And I think, you know, I think students in particular need that kind of representation. If all of us who had a stammer just hid away and took jobs that were, you know, that had us in solitude working from home or in some kind of, you know, cell <laughs> with a computer, um, no one would ever know we existed. Um, so I think it's really important that people who do have speech disorders um, and, and stammers go into those kind of roles and show that we, we can do this. And, you know, we're, we're just as good as anybody else um, who doesn't have a, a speech disorder. Um, so I think just, just have a bit more faith in, in yourself that this is something that you can do. Um, it's, it's not something that should hold you back. Yeah, that's absolutely. Um, but it just goes to everything saying, just never let it, and do what you want to do rather than, mm do what you are that you don't want to do just because of your stomach you shouldn't let your stomach hold you back from doing what you want because it may surprise you like as we both know that our stomach surprises us in different times and also it's even we don't really stomach when we're passionate about a topic so if you're passionate about this job and this field that you want to go into do it because like you you will surprise yourself more than you know it and it sort of now leads me back onto the darker side of stammering, which sadly we all know is there, which is the stigma. And it, I mean, everyone, even people who don't stammer, know that the stigma isn't the best. Like people think of bullying, people think of mocking, people think of pity, and like sort of like, oh, bless them, don't worry, it's fine. And it's like, don't, so what? What are your thoughts on the stammering stigma? So I have a lot of opinions um, on stigma. So stop me if I get on a bit of a soapbox because um, we could hear, be here for four hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I, will keep, I will keep it to the point though. Um, I think uh, I, I keep sort of rep, rep, um, talking about how representation matters. And I think unfortunately media in the past, and I'm talking even into the 70s and 80s, um, have not represented us um, as, 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 as we should have been. Um, I think, you know, people who typically in, in people in film or TV who stutter have always sort of notoriously been um, the sort of um, scared, nervous assistant to the master or uh, the gesture or the blubbering idiot that you know can't get their words and is is anxious and terrified and I think that's kind of what people have been fed um even sort of sort of a more modern um take on that would be like in the first Harry Potter film um where you have Professor Quirrell um who if people have, have seen that first film not you know he he has this stutter but he's made to seem as this insecure um, has no idea what he's doing, flustered teacher. Um, and he's not, you know, you, you, you sort of in, in the media particularly, you never sort of see the word stutter or stammerer in the same uh, space as confident, self-assured. Um, you always see it as nervous, anxious, um, shy, insecure, all, all these sorts of things that were fed. Um, and so I think there's been quite a lot of issues with with, with that um, so that's kind of my take on the media side of things I think the first kind of bit of representation I ever saw 
of someone with a genuine stand was Gareth Gates. Um, and uh, he was on, I think it was on Pop Idol back in the day. I think it was like 2002 or something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, he was the first person I saw with like a stammer like mine. And um, I kind of got that. And then we saw shows like Educating Yorkshire um, and The King's Speech. And they, they kind of gave off a bit more of a realistic view of, of you know, how, how we should be seen. Um, and I think, unfortunately, this idea that um, stammering is caused by nervousness and anxiousness is so detrimental to um, how, how we're represented. And I think it's important to, for those who don't stutter to realize anxiety and nervousness are not the cause, but they're what we would consider an exacerbating factor. So things that can make it worse, then, but they're not the direct cause as to why we stutter. No one knows why we stutter, unfortunately. Um, so I think that has put this impression on people that we are, when we stutter, we're nervous, we're insecure, we're shy, um, we don't know what we're talking about, um, and th those sorts of things. So I do think there is still that stigma around. I still have people asking me, oh, are you nervous? Are you, are you just a bit anxious today? I'm going, no, it's just me. That's just how I speak, and um, we'll, we'll move forward with it. So that's kind of my short version of uh, a rant on stigma. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I'm with you 100%. And I think, and it's just crazy what people think, but also how it's not changed at all. And like the thing has just plateaued for the longest time possible. And I, I, I mean, I said this a few times, but when I was doing a radio forming with Michael Rosen, it's, he'd say he always starts this podcast with like a quote from like, a, a piece of literature and he had done this piece from Shakespeare about stammering and I'm, I'm aware that William Shakespeare had written that one, one of his characters stammer is exactly how someone in 2023 would describe that person with a stammer mm. and it just shows how nothing has changed but also I think people don't know how to change the, when it's in the cell because I think it's a stone depth but also we're all in such a rush like we're all in such like fast-paced environment and then if someone's slowing down that moment I think it will come up like what is that rush like what is the extra five seconds going to do what 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 so what what will you accomplish in life in that five extra seconds when you're talking to a person with stamina just walk a step like what and I think people don't realize how we can tell when you're conscious like mm. they may not look at it, they may not say anything if we're conscious about it you are most definitely conscious about it and like they don't know how to address what also they're like should I help or should I say anything and it's like no 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 so I've got a question for you I to ask all my guests but I'm going to give you notice beforehand when you think of someone famous who stammers, who do you think of and why? Oh, um, someone famous who stammers. There's quite a few to choose from. That's why I'm debating it. I think I typically think of Joe Biden. He's kind of the first one that yeah. comes to mind just because um, just because he's so 
present in media at the moment. Um, so it's really great when when I, you know, I don't agree with everything he says, but um, I think it's just nice to hear him speak and see him sort of interact. I've, I've seen where he sort of interacted with children. And he's spoken about his stammer and um, been quite, quite open about it, uh, which is really nice. Um, and I think there's sort of all all kinds of sort of fake, famous people sort of coming out of the woodwork saying, actually, yeah, I, I have a stammer. I had a stammer and um, this is how I, I manage it. Like I was really interested in your um, podcast you did with Ed Balls. Um, I had no idea um, that he had a stammer. I, I didn't know. Really? Um, which, it, it, yeah, which was a really interesting thing. Maybe I've just not paid too much attention to Ed Balls in, in, the, in the past with other things he's done, but um, <laughs> that might just be me. But um, I, I didn't know, um, you know, I think because we're, I think because a lot of the time we're so engrossed in our own stutters. If I was to talk to someone with a stutter like, like yourself, I might not notice it straight away. And I guess that goes to show you know, how, you know, how other people who don't stutter say those sorts of things and, and say, oh, I didn't notice. And because actually I don't often notice when celebrities do. So. How interesting. Mm. And so I, I would love to talk to you about raising awareness about stammering in online social media, because you've, as I mentioned, you just started your own social media called Live With A Stammer, if that's, that's correct. And that is. what would you, so what made you do it? And then what do you hope to do with the platform? Um, so it's a bit of a funny story, really. So um, I'd never really involved myself with the community um, before because I'd, I'd had a bit of a negative experience within the community previously um, at a support group where I wasn't, where essentially I, I was told quite rudely that they didn't really know why I was there because I wasn't as severe as them and this was many many years ago and after that I kind of thought I'll just I'll just hang back and you know sit in my own little world on this and then a few weeks ago I um I went through a, a coffee shop drive through which um is one of my triggers um for my for my stammer it's a difficult one for me I don't know if it is for you um and I I wanted uh again I'm going to struggle with this word but I I, I wanted a decaf decaf um latte so it's all I wanted because caffeine was causing me palpitations and things anyway um I got to the till and I couldn't bring the word forward complete word block wouldn't wouldn't come forward so I ended up asking just for a latte and I was so annoyed with myself that I couldn't bring this word forward um, and now I had to drink this latte that I knew was going to make me feel unwell all because I wouldn't just take the time to you know force the word to come through and for some reason that triggered me to kind of think about how many other people who stutter must have these little moments that no one really sees um, and how I've kind of been sat on 20 years of experience with a stammer and I'm sure I've picked up some stuff along the way that could be useful and I think um, there's just not enough conversation I mean you, I think it's brilliant what you, you've been doing having these conversations um, which is so fantastic and 
actually, as I started looking on Instagram and stuff, I didn't realize that there were so many um, people coming forward sort of with, with the same ideas as, as me as well. Um, so that's really why I kind of got involved. And I thought it was about time that I kind of came out the woodwork and um, shared some of my experiences and learned some stuff too. So my account has been extended to um, other speech disorders as well, which I'd like to learn about. Um, so that's kind of why I, I got involved in the first place. Well, and, and you definitely need to look out of Jessie Yend or Mimi Darling Beauty on TikTok versus her mm -hmm. video, which has now had 70 million views. That was her going through the Starbucks drive-thru with her stammer. And like she now challenged herself to do it in like different ways. Like she now sings her way through the drive-thru, like she does different challenges and it's absolutely amazing. So I've got one last question to ask you, and it's been an mm -hmm. absolute pleasure. And I'd love to round up this episode just by asking you if you could give three pieces of advice to someone who stammers and three pieces of advice to someone who doesn't stammer, what would they be? Oh, OK. So for someone who stammers, um, one, I've already said um, earlier, but um, don't please don't let your stammer control your life path. If you want to do a certain job that happens to be public, pu public facing, go and do it. There's no reason you shouldn't. Um, I think my second piece of advice would be if you can't, if you can't learn to, learning to love your stammer is very difficult and I still struggle with it too. I, it's not something that I'll, I'll admit, I, I don't love it. It's not something, then that's something I'm still working on. So I think if you can't learn to love it, just learn to live with it um and you know learn to sort of embrace it more so um and I think my my third piece of advice would be um from sort of a practical point of view just be upfront about the fact that you have a stammer I, I think for, for me that's been a game changer um and it really just takes a lot of the weight off um of that sort of anxiety that you're building up in yourself that people are going to find out people are going to find out um it's, it's something that people can can hear and I think once you get over that hurdle and um admit that yeah people are going to hear it and it is going to happen um then that that fear kind of goes away so I think that would be my three pieces for someone who stammers for someone who doesn't stutter um please don't finish our sentences I think would be the first one um, <laughs> because nine times out of 10, you'll get the word wrong that we're trying to say, then I'll have to reset my entire sentence and we'll be here for an hour. So just let us speak. What's the rush? Um, as you've said before, um, second of all, um, I think, I think just ask the person that you're with, how you can support them best. They know their stammer best. Um, so like for, for me, eye contact is really important and um, seeing people's mouths is really important. But for, for me, for some reason, that just works. Other people prefer not to have eye contact because it's quite distracting um, and they prefer to look away when they, they speak. So I think just talk to that person that you're engaging with and ask them how what, what, what they need from you, if anything, um, and go from there. And then my third piece of advice, I think just remain remain supportive but be willing to learn um just be be willing to learn a bit more about it um and don't just take everything at face value the way we've been represented in media i think would be my third wow and Liv, thank you so so much for coming on too 
talk to me. It's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. It's been lovely. Thanks for having me. Okay. And thank you so much to our listeners for listening to today's episode. As I mentioned before, this is a really exciting new season. We've got lots of exciting new guests coming on. But also, we've just announced our new campaign called Just Say It. However, still it's more to be revealed, so make sure to keep an eye out because all is still top secret within. But keep an eye out for exciting updates about how it develops. Remember to follow us on, on, on Instagram on remember to follow us on instagram and twitter uh, also tiktok where you share stammer updates stammer facts and also just everyday stammering situations and but also you may see some exciting snippets as well of like future episodes any future bits of the campaign you never know so i will see you next time in two weeks bye <laughs>